Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. I'm going to assume that there will be a few people rolling in, so I'm not going to say the most amazing things right now. Uh, I appreciate your coming. I'm going to make pin myself here. Um, I never know what to do while people are coming in because it's that like, I don't want anyone to miss anything, but I want to honor the people that show up on time. So um, the way that I'm bridging the gap is reading you a poem. And then if the other people just miss the poem, but if you're here, it's a good one. Uh, We're born into not enough. Let's storm the corporate castles and make our meaning from the world that already exists within this one. The world in which the poems and paintings and portraits and plants count for something far more than cash can ever provide. The world in which our caring is cause for celebration, not another fucking commodity. The world in which we take unlearning, productivity, perfectionism, and patriarchy as seriously as we once took wondering whether we looked cute enough to leave the house. And maybe you never wondered if you looked cute enough to leave the house, but I was very much taught that. (laughs) And it was like my primary preoccupation for a number of years. (laughs) So... From a teaching standpoint, the plan here is um, it's part planned, it's part improv. Uh, the whole point of me being with you live is that you can ask questions and talk and say things and play with me. So I'm just going to walk the line between like, here's the thing I'm saying, and then, hey, please talk to me, give me feedback. Do you have any thoughts about that? Any comments, any questions, any suggestions, any like riffing, anything at all like that? Um, that's kind of how it's going to go. Cause I was like, if I just get up here and talk away, then there's no point in this being live. And if it's only questions, then it might not feel coherent for people listening later. So it's the, the both and is where we're, we're kind of playing right now. Um, the reason I got you here was by promising that we would talk about ways to make meaning and connection with each other right this minute. And um, I'm really serious about that because it's really hard right now. It's a pandemic. It's a nightmare. Um, Half my house is vaccinated. Half is not, which is actually more fearful because my partner can take greater risks than I can because he's vaccinated. But then what is he bringing home? It's scary. It's just scary all the time. So three quick ways to make meaning and connection right this minute. Um, The first is to turn your camera on and to commit to having it turned on at meetings you attend in the future. 
And that's not because um, of anything other than being the person on this side of the camera. It's impossible. Oops, I have static on my audio. If I eliminate it, how does that go? It's better without the microphone. <laughs> of course it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's, we will remain again. Well, static is fantastic. We're good. Okay. Um, that's all. It just makes people happy to see you. And it's almost impossible to create energy like teaching energy when you're looking at little gray boxes. Um, so just as a way to be kind to every single person that you go to a Zoom meeting with, just have your camera on. Um, you can reach out, you can say thank you, and you can send snail mail. And I'm telling you that because I want you to have, let me send you snail mail. Um, there's a magical little link there, postable.com slash K-K-A-L-P. I am gathering my addresses um, for which to send you snail mail at some point in the future at a time of my choosing. So if you like getting snail mail in your snail mail box, there you go. And I can make you happy with snail mail. Um, and the final one is just to laugh, to remember that we're human. And so if somebody gives me a song, any song, then we shall make some magic happen. Maybe it's your favorite song. Maybe it's your least favorite song. Maybe it's the most annoying song of all time. A song, any song, I have the Spotify and we are ready. My kids were singing, I like to move it, move it this morning at top volume. I like to move it, move it. Is that the name of the song that I'm looking up right now? I think it's called move it. But yeah, we, we Spotified it this morning also. <laughs> okay, we're going to go with Madagascar 5, I like to move it. That's fantastic because the the exercise is um, I have an art teacher that I follow named Cassie Stevens and the exercise is that we all dance with only our faces for the song. So um, it's gonna be, so two things. One, remember that this is an audio recording. I would never, ever, 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 ever ask you to do this in a public way. Um, this is not going to exist anywhere else. That is my sacred promise to you. It's just audio. So it's just like a moment in which we can be goofy and silly together. So the challenge is you remain in place but you dance with only your face to what Jackie suggested. I like to move it, move it. <laughs> and we begin. Faceometrics happening there. <laughs> okay, cool. So that was the first one. Is just to remember that like you're a human, 
Um, and we're all humans together regardless, and that can be a good time. Um, and then, let's see, I wanted to talk about how to find meaning when everything seems meaningless was a headline that one of you threw at me. And I was like, that's a really fucking great headline. And if I was selling a multi-thousand dollar program, that would be a bullet point. Uh, but I'm just going <laughs> to, like, let's just talk about it. Um, meaning making often comes down to asking better questions and then letting the answers rise from within you. So if you start with a question like, why does everything suck? <laughs> that's generally going to go poorly, right? Um, and then asking, uh, that's generally not going to go well, but how do I make meaning from this shitty event or this series of shitty experiences is generally going to go a little bit better. Um, one that my doctor slash therapist slash acupuncturist slash like she has all the certifications <laughs> asks me all the time that's really annoying is what are you committed to? Um, because it takes away all of the garbage and it's just like, what are you committed to? I asked my best friend this um, and she was like, well, apparently I'm committed to being sad and sedentary, which once you say it out loud in terms of depression or something like that, you're like, oh, perhaps I would like to be less committed to that. Um, so what are you committed to can be really, really helpful for making meaning. Um, what are you learning right now can be helpful for making meaning. Because um, if the pandemic isn't teaching you anything, there's so many things that the pandemic is teaching us, many of which are terrible, but many of which are beautiful as well. Um, questions that'll take that deeper are like, what would you like to have made in five years? Um, because in theory, we're all going to be here in five years. And so taking it way far out makes it easier because your asshole brain is all like, I can't possibly do that right now. And so like five years, just, just let it all expand a little. And what would you like to have made? It gives you a perspective that you don't have when you're like, but I, then I would need to start working on it tomorrow. And then your brain goes into, how could that happen? That can't happen. It like freaks the fuck out. <laughs> so what would you like to have made in five years? Um, who would you like to have worked with, interacted with, or made something with? Um, worked with, interacted with, or made something with. So maybe that's a collaboration. Maybe that's just a super chill, like, oh my God, we had an event together. Oh my God, we recorded a podcast together. Um, some things I know about if you admire someone online, there are two, only two warnings I can give. One is spell their name right. Um, and two is the more of your heart that you bring to it, the more likely you are to get a yes. Like I can spot a form letter just like you can, but I say yes to the form letters that have that like genuine sincerity in them and they spell my name right. And I always say no to the ones that are like, Kristen, I like your content, exclamation point, things I need from you. And then like list of asks, it's not going to go well, right? Because it's like, it, <laughs> I like your content is not a compliment is the other part of that. <laughs> like, could you be more specific with your feedback? Um, what would you be heartbroken to tell people you haven't done in five years is sort of the other side of the coin. That if there's something that's burning within you, um, what would you like to have made? What would you be heartbroken to tell people you haven't made is another way to get at that same answer because it might not be obvious one way, but it's really obvious sometimes the other way. Are there any plans that should be put on hold for the sake of preserving my own health or maintaining my inner landscape? 
that's not one that anyone likes. That's not a fun one. Um, but putting plans on hold can be lovely and wonderful when it's done in a life-giving way. Um, so that's just acknowledging, like, if I'm going to make meaning, I probably can't be burnt out and tapped out because <laughs> that'll be the first thing to go. These are getting harder as they go, by the way, in case you're like, this are hard. Um, is there anywhere that I just have to be patient? And then in all caps, this is the worst. Why patience? Why? Ah, like patience is the very worst thing in the universe. I understand this. Um, but if you can just be kind with yourself about it, is there anywhere that I just have to be patient? Um, that can be a really great place to start with. Like, if it's just a matter of patience, then it's not about you're a failure or you're doing it wrong or you're terrible or you're awful. It's just patience. If I let spirit, intuition, deep knowing, God, whatever you call it, drive the bus all the way, what would I stop doing immediately? And there might be a big blank there, or there might be something that's actually very like useful and deep. I'm like, oh, I would stop sleeping until noon and then, you know, whatever it is. I don't have an example for you. Um, but we all know what those things are that we need to stop doing generally. And likewise, if I let my deep knowing drive the bus, what would I start doing immediately? Um, and before you're like, oh man, she's just asking these questions because she's all wise and shit. Like I would be at CrossFit and get the message that I should do yoga. And then I would ignore it and go do CrossFit, <laughs> which they're basically the opposite in terms of movement. If there's a spectrum of movement, <laughs> they are the opposite. Um, I needed to do yoga and it took a long, 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 long time, like until the pandemic for me to be like, oh, I guess I should do that, yes. <laughs> and then a pro tip, this is a Rob Bell concept of the South Star. This helped me tremendously with meaning making um, that we all have North Stars. North Stars are people that we deeply admire and love and can't get enough of and they show us the way and they're magical. And what do we do with all the people, the, the like, QAnon Congress members, because those are the opposite of North Stars, um, South Stars. <laughs> so if South Star is someone that you acknowledge as your teacher, they're teaching you things, um, but they're teaching you exactly who you do not want to be. And when you pair a South Star, which is really shitty behavior, I see this behavior in this person with um, what am I committed to, you get the most beautiful meaning making, because you can identify what is it that person's doing that drives me insane and I will be committed to the opposite. It really helps make space in your soul for all of the things that are going on that are not easy and tricky and terrible and confusing and human interactions that just make you want to like stab yourself in the eyes with a fork. South Star, what can I learn from this person or these people? <laughs> That's where we are. So any questions, comments, um, I, I'm a dive right inner clearly. So is there anything that's coming up? Any responses, anything that you would like to have made in five years? Um, there's magical comments and you can also just unmute yourself at any point you have that right. So feel free. Any questions, 
comments, concerns, never mind. And I will keep going. All right, cool. Um, you're gonna like the next thing even less. The next topic that everybody wanted to talk about, um, I wanted to talk about the ways that we can be amazing and glorious, even if we don't yet have the freedom to roam the world with our COVID vaccinations, um, which to me is as much about re-entering society kindly as it is hopping on planes. And that brings us to, quote, um, I believe this was Joe in Britain. Can we talk about re-emerging into the world after the pandemic, particularly for those of us whose businesses could not in any way function as usual during it? I am both tentatively excited to do what I do again and overwhelmed and unmotivated to get back into the swing of it. So is there like, if we take a poll of like excited to do what I do again, yep, uh-huh, uh-huh. And also um, overwhelmed and unmotivated to get back into the swing of it. Is there like a, I'm like a, ah, probably more overwhelmed than anything else. Um, the first thing I want to say there is that it doesn't have to be like it was before. So if you were the person that was like, pace, 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 faster, 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 you don't have to do that. You get to choose the pace. Um, you get to choose your business offering, should you have one. You get to choose your social calendar. You get to say no as needed. You get to have better boundaries. And you get to go at the speed of your choosing. Because we have all been... Um, I don't know if there's anyone on the planet that hasn't felt like caged and locked in some capacity over the course of the past year, unless you're in QAnon and you don't believe that coronavirus exists, but the rest of us are like, this has been hell. It's been like a receding of the soul, like further in, and we see fewer people and less people and fewer people. And then we are scared when we go out and then we had the insurrection. So now we're scared of the people more. And then we have like additional variants. Like, and so we're just like hiding in a corner, like a dead spider. It's not the best for like, how do you reemerge from that? It's probably gonna be slowly. It's probably gonna be with a great deal of care and intention. And it's probably gonna be by leaving all of the shoulds behind. So the places where you're like, I should do this, I should do this, I should, those are not gonna be the helpful places. Um, because of the shoulds will just crush you before you even come out of your little pandemic spider cave. I mean, maybe you're not in a spider cave, but I am. <laughs> um, the second thing is to give yourself gold stars. And this is like, this is a literal, not metaphorical gold stars. These are available at your local office supply store. They are wildly motivating. I send them to my clients when they do good things and they love them. Um, you can make a chart full of activities that are pleasurable and add one every time that you have fun or enjoy yourself. So you want to reemerge into society and you're like, oh, it's going to be hard. What is it that a gold star would help with? And just unabashedly, like you're in first grade, give yourself gold stars. It really does help. And I tell you this because I give myself gold stars, not because I'm being condescending and treating me like a kindergartner, just because sometimes it works because it works. And it worked when we were six and it works now. Um, also the gold stars can take everything that feels pleasurable from being forbidden to be something that we justify for the sake of getting gold stars. They make it okay. So if it's, you want to take more baths, you want to have more massages, you want to turn your phone off, you want to hang out with other people, you want to read books, you want to make stuff, you want to watch shitty TV and have permission to do it because guilty pleasures, gold stars, um, on the other end of that, you can give yourself gold stars for doing 
social, experimental, or different from pre-pandemic activities that would otherwise go unnoticed and unrewarded. So any changes that you are making, regardless of whether the rest of the world sees them, gold stars. Um, and then the third point for coming back into society, which is a daunting task, is um, just because that you sat it down doesn't mean you can't pick it up again. Um, so much of my coaching work is helping people reclaim parts of themselves that they had give up, given up on forever. Like I have a degree in art, but I haven't made anything in years. Or I used to love writing, but I don't because I haven't done it. Um, and I would argue that the things you love never really leave you. So they might go dormant or quiet, but they're still there. Um, you have untold talents latent within you and you can use them anytime you choose. Like the pandemic did not kill your talents. Um, it might've shifted them. It might've shifted the way that you perceive them. It might have really fucked with them monetarily. Um, my partner, Bear, is a DJ. He's really good at making people sweat in public on dance floors. It's the least valuable skill possible during a pandemic. Doesn't mean it's not valuable. It just means during a pandemic, not ideal. But that skill didn't go anywhere. That skill is not like dead forever. That skill is just less valuable right now than it used to be. And it will be valuable again. So finding space within yourself to say, just because I didn't do that thing during pandemic doesn't mean it's gone forever. Just because there's been a gap in creation or achievement or both doesn't mean it's gone forever. Questions there. What would your 18 year old self be proud of you for doing or trying? And then this one you can share. This is a good one. What would your six-year-old self add to the agenda? Because 18-year-old selves tend to be very, very serious. They have plans and goals and structures. And six-year-olds just want to have fun, hopefully. <laughs> so what would your six-year-old self add to the agenda of re-emerging into the world and what that might look like? There'll be a little bit of space and joy there, hopefully. What would you like to be proud of yourself for starting 20 years from now? If you like to look at time in like big, long scope, what would you like to be proud of yourself for starting 20 years from now? And then what will your six months from now self appreciate? Hint, it's probably time off. So if at any point, any place, you can just go into your calendar and like make some X's and you don't have to have any other agenda for the X's. They don't have to mean you get on a plane. They don't have to mean you get out of bed. They just X at unavailable during these days, six months from now. I promise that you will high five this moment in time. Like, yes. I have taken such good care of myself because one of the side effects of pandemic is that vacations don't happen. Um, time off happens less because if you're not going anywhere, why take time off? Just keep working, said capitalism. 
So maybe if we make some space, it gets easier to just take some time away. Your life is not going to break because you take three days off, four days off and just enjoy living. That's a promise. And that's also a thing that I just did for myself. So I'm telling you because I just did it. And I remembered like, oh my God, I'm going to be so happy in November when I don't have to work on these days for no good reason. It's going to be great. Um, the same thing applies. So I've seen your thinking faces. I've seen your writing faces. What is coming up? What are you thinking about? What are you dreaming about? There's no way that I handled pandemic re-entry in like a perfect, like, well, that solves. It's been less than 20 minutes. We're good. No questions at all here. <laughs> so um, what is it that I can help with or that you would just like to talk about with regards to either making meaning or to the pandemic just generally like being like, where is the stress? Where is the anxiety? Where is the fear? Where is the like the looking forward in a good way? Um, and what did your six-year-old self add to the agenda is my like most, that's the thing I want to know the very most. Um, nobody's talking. There's Marley talking. Hell yes. <laughs> so my six-year-old self added finger painting to the agenda. Hell yes. Uh, Get it. And in terms of pandemic reentry, I'm moving um, probably in about two, three months. Mm -hmm. And I'm sort of like talking my kids through like, well, there's going to be new playgrounds and new kids. And like, we can do this, you know? But then I realized when I was thinking about it, like, I haven't made small talk in a year. So I'm going to need to do some like small talk reentry in a way that isn't awkward and like, hey, has the last year been horrible for you? What are you doing? <laughs> um, so. I will tell you that when I met up with a friend and we talked, we hadn't seen each other in a while, obviously, and we talked for a long time. I was just like, so I haven't like spoken to a human outside of my little pod or my coaching clients in a long time. And please forgive me if it's awkward. And she was like, ditto, it's probably gonna be awkward. And then it wasn't awkward, it was magical because we made space for it to be awkward. And then, oh well, no big deal. Um, so sometimes just saying like, this, is, this might be awkward. Like I haven't, I haven't made small talk in a year, who has? And people don't make small talk during the pandemic around here. Like East Coast is all like, this is business. This is serious. We don't have time for your like, how are you? I'm fine. Mm. Like <laughs> it's a no in Philly. So we're even more atrophied in the small talk department. Excellent. Uh, Ricarda, you had your mic off, but then on, but yeah. Hit yes, it. I'm back. Um, yeah, I just wanted to add like uh, regarding the pandemic that a question that could also be helpful is like, what do I want to keep? Like, what did I start during the pandemic that is also like really, really valuable? Mm -hmm. And like a thing that comes up for me is just, I've, it's something I've been trying to do a lot before is to be outside more and just like taking more walks with friends or just like being on the phone, but also being outside at the same time. <laughs> it's like really clever. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's like something that I'm, I'm planning on keeping on doing. And I think that can also help just to, to reframe like what, what little and big good things have popped up. 
Yeah, yeah, I think um, that's absolutely wise and smart. And thank you for that question slash view into um, what we've all been living for a while now. Um, does anyone else have any? Oh, and Kelly says my six-year-old self wants to play with all the puppies. Like, yes, I look forward to when humans are vaccinated enough that we can pet each other's puppies without like a very serious agreement having to take place beforehand about like distance and space and masks and like, just like sticking my face in puppies with no shame. That's a, that's a thing I'm looking forward to about the end of pandemic. Uh, we also talked about, I hear somebody, Terry, go ahead. Yeah, um, I was just thinking about how I have missed live music so much. Oh, and, yes. Uh, you know, that's such a connection for me. And my six-year-old self wants to be silly. I'm only silly with my grandkids, and I have a daughter-in-law that's, that's that way. And it just makes me joyful when I am. So, yeah, I saw you face dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it helps. Yeah, so taking some silliness with us. Excellent, excellent. Anybody else? You don't have to talk. Um, Thinks I need to really prioritize time outside, like hula hooping in the park, maybe blowing bubbles. I haven't blown bubbles in I don't know how long. Yeah. Um, Pro tip, my friend keeps bubbles in her back seat. And so if you sit in the back seat, you blow bubbles into the front seat. So there's just like bubbles in the car. (laughs) She finds it very stressful. So she did it like, to me this weekend while I was driving. And I was like, oh my God, it's a bubble car. This is the greatest. She was like, but safety. I'm like, whatever, safety. <laughs> it's one bubble. I can see. <laughs> I think okay. eight like, I don't know. I, I shudder to even say it out loud, but I've been like, maybe if, maybe I could take like a writing workshop and like think about a memoir. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've said it out loud. It's a thing. Maybe. Yeah, you can add it to the list. It can, it can come up for discussion <laughs> at some point, but just letting yourself dream it can be nice. Ricardo says, do it. <laughs> awesome. Um... The is there anybody else there talking about talking about meeting, talking about what we want to keep, talking about pandemic transitioning? Anything else there? You don't have to talk, but you can if you want to. I'm gonna gently move on, and if at any point I hear a voice, I will just stop and give you the floor. Nicole, hit it. Hello, I have a pandemic-related question. Excellent. Um, One of the things that I struggle with is that when we talk about re-entry plans Mm -hmm. right like somebody decides something and then the information changes so then the plan has to change Mm -hmm. and then more information changes and then the plan so it's like three steps forward and then two steps back and then another step back and then maybe half a step forward and it's like the the number of changes that I have to keep up with is so exhausting And a lot of it feels like it's outside of my control. Like these are other spaces, organizations, companies that I I work with. Do you mean that you do not personally control the pandemic? Because I am upset about this. (laughs) I'm also upset about that. Yes. Um, I guess, is there any, um, 
Is there any way to make the constant changes easier? So two questions. The first one is what are you committed to? Um, like who are you committed to being in the face of like constantly changing information? Um, and the second one, because I know you is like, can you just dance it out? Be like, oh, it's more data changes. Oh, it's data change time. Oh, the timeline changed again. This is fun. Um, to just just let it move through you because it the more that we cling to, like, no, you said March 30th and now it's April 2nd and I'm losing my mind. Like it that energy is not healthy. I mean, you can have it, like I have it certainly, but it's not like the best for just people wanting to be around us. <laughs> so just like letting it move, letting it move. You gotta dance it out dance it out um and then you can be committed to being the person who's just not phased by it who's just like oh yeah that's cool we're gonna roll with it we're gonna roll with that and we're gonna roll with that um because as far as i can see and forgive me if you disagree nobody seems to know what the fuck they're doing like this is this is like <laughs> we're all just like playing it by ear and trying to get some data but the data changes and the data has been misrepresented by the government and assorted governors and then if you live in a republican state the data has been like tossed out the window um so there's so there's that um and molly said there's a concept in a book called burnout related to resetting your internal monitor or view of the end line i found it really healthy when helpful when coping with pandemic changes so yeah do you know about fooping you don't know about fooping. Okay. So in the book Burnout, I always forget the names of the sisters. They're both amazing. Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Thank you. Perfect. And they're amazing individuals. And um, the two of them explain the concept of foop as your brain in its head automatically without your consciousness decides how long tasks should take. So the example they use is it should take 15 minutes to get to the mall just arbitrary at a time when we could go to the mall right um and so it takes 10 minutes because you hit all the green lights life is good green light green light green light green light your internal monitor is like yeah! it rewards you with all sorts of chemicals we are so excited about life right and then there's the opposite which is like you are trying to get to the mall it should take 20 minutes but it takes like an hour and a half and you go existential like my entire life is meaningless. Why is this happening? Why? Like, it's because it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because your brain's internal monitor cannot handle when it's wrong with estimating time. And it's called FOOP, was what they call it, the technical term for when your brain just biochemically takes you out to the edge and just like shoves you off into the abyss of like existential despair, dread asshole brain it's all wrong it's terrible um and so the more that you can notice like oh i think this should be happening by this date but it's not the more that you can adjust the expectations internally without having to go to the place of um the example they use is like being on 95 for three hours and with like a car crash just stuck in place like screaming about like my life has no meaning why and you're really just stuck in a traffic jam but actually your brain is just freaking out and they're like biochemically, your brain just kind of pushes you off the edge when that happens. And it's about something stupid like the mall taking an extra three minutes, but it's also in pandemic. I was like, 
the concept of foop has been so helpful because I'll be like, oh, I'm fooping. I think that should be happening by next week. And it's not going to happen by next week. And I have no control here because I understand the limits of my humanity now as a result of the pandemic. I have far less control than I thought I did. So to just identify the foop and let your partner know about the foop, like explain, and then be like, I'm fooping. I'm fooping right now. Because when you're, when you're just melted into a puddle of existential dread, yelling foop is kind of all you have until you get yourself back together. <laughs> um, burnout's worth buying for sure. And then the, I believe it's called the Feminist Survival Project podcast um, is lovely and wonderful. And you can listen in on fooping if you would like. Um, it's really, really helpful, but that's the basic of the concept. It's in the book, it's in the podcast. It's even in the, um, there's also a Brene Brown interview with the both of them, which is lovely um, on unlocking us. So that might be helpful to just catch your fooping. Molly with the link, boom. Oh, not the pooping. Yeah, the fooping, F-O-O-P. <laughs> this is a new concept, everyone, pooping. Here it is. <laughs> with the foop. <laughs> okay, so Molly's got the link too. That's magnificent. Um, and that will generally be helpful with, because with pandemic, inevitably we come against timelines. And so allowing yourself the space and the capacity to foop can be really, really beautiful. And it's also really, really annoying because you're like, I can say it's really, really beautiful. And then when you are fooping, you're just like weeping hysterically. So it's not the best to experience, but having a name for it makes you feel less, or makes me feel less insane. Uh, Molly said, it's really good as an audiobook. I walked outside while listening and it was a good pandemic option. Yes, yes, audiobooks. Um, if you wish, Libro.fm is really great for not being audible. That's its main characteristic. It supports independent businesses and bookstores. Um, and it's really, really great to listen to. Also, your local library might have an app called Hoopla, which is basically the same thing, but for free because libraries are remaining institutions that make everyone happy. There they are, libraries. Um, does anyone else have anything to add or say or comment on? Kind of faces. I think you're welcome. All right, cool. Um, this is the most vulnerable one, which is why I'm stalling on talking about it. So let's talk about it. Uh, let's talk about why much of the modern marketing scene feels like buying very pretty garbage. This one got the most email responses in all caps. So, um, so, and then this is, I didn't put names with the questions so that you wouldn't identify yourself later and be like, oh God, she said my first and last name. It's just quote, reader question. Can we talk about how the pressure of pretty is preventing good products from being put out there? As production values go up and up and up, I'm feeling like I can't make information products because they won't be containing HD videos shot by a camera crew and I'm editing my own stuff. So even though I'm a graphic designer, the pressure is too much but I know my products would be super useful, but would they be appreciated or purchased in the first place if they aren't top-notch visually? And I just can't. So I am with you. Um, I've had a business for 11 years and the, the expectation of like, you will make a thing, you will make a thing pretty, you will make a thing pretty, 
you will make a thing pretty with video. You will make a thing pretty with video in a social marketing campaign that includes reels and lives and posts and feeds and additional lives and feeds and podcasts. And like, it just keeps growing. The expectations upon the individual entrepreneur or maker continue to grow. And the people who are like, well, I, I want a seven figure business. You're like, yeah, that's just because you pay people to make this shit that no one cares about because it's just social media content. Um, so the first thing might be, if you gave up making content, would you have more time to do the work that you know you're capable of doing? Because content serves no one and really no one cares about an inspirational quote put on Pinterest in a beautiful font. Perhaps that's controversial to you, but I just, it's never, I've never been like, oh my God, that person spent their life making inspirational quote, Pinterest board font posts is not a way that I think anyone should live their life unless they're being paid for it. <laughs> um, so pretty is just pretty is the first thing. Yeah, social media content here being, um, is especially the part where, um, because I coach entrepreneurs so much of the time is like, how much time should I spend on social media? And the real question is not how much time should I spend scrolling, but how much time should I spend investing in making everything absolutely perfect? And the answer is perfection porn attracts people who like perfection porn and authenticity attracts people who like authenticity. No one has ever come to me because my Instagram is perfect. And that's the whole fucking point. I have tried to make myself do the thing where I make a grid and then I, and then I make it beautiful and I have 30 to 60 to 90 days planned out in advance and it's perfect. I spent hours on it and I never, ever, 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 ever once have managed to hit post on that shit. I've wasted so many hours of my life making it beautiful. And then when it comes right to it, I don't want it. I don't want to be another person pumping out very pretty garbage. So first off, just reject very pretty garbage and identify it as such. It's helpful to have a name for it. South Star, it's South Star, right? It takes 90 hours of production to make HD videos that are stupid and basic and treat us like we're fucking morons in order to sell this multi-thousand dollar program that is also stupid and treats us like we're fucking morons, right? But wow, the production value. Maybe we can skip that part. Um, one of my favorite humans on earth, Rob Bell says, make this shitty version of the thing. Like just make the thing. What if you don't make it perfect? What if you just make it? And that prevents it from becoming something that just takes over your mind or your life. That prevents you from spinning in. Yeah, I've been working on this thing for seven, eight, nine years. It prevents you from saying that you have ideas that you're working on, um, that anywhere that you can take that sense of, of um, I need to make a thing and actually make it, you're doing the world a service. But if you take that thing and you're like, I'm going to make it, but it has to be the most beautiful thing that's ever been created in the history of the world because society says so, we don't actually need that thing. The world does not need more perfection porn. This is the thing I promise you. No one needs another goddamn flat lay in the whole history of the world. I promise you this. And we're going to keep doing it anyway because we're humans and because it's beautiful. But ultimately, very pretty garbage is not the name of the game around here, especially for me. Um, and then to the person who sent that in, let me give you a written answer that is perfect, which is what if you make the deepest, truest version of the thing, regardless of whether you've got an HD camera crew or not? I personally fucking loathe video classes. So maybe there are people just like me who would want to read or hear what you've got to say. Also, 
What if you make it joyful and light and not headed into within an inch of its life so that every pause, breath, or moment of silence is eliminated? So like the whole YouTube thing where like there's no breathing allowed anymore. This, this podcast would be edited down by about 10 minutes because you all were breathing when you were speaking and I'm breathing when I'm speaking. And now the goal is just to eliminate breathing so it's more condensed. Um, that's horrifying. It's horrifying to not give people enough space to talk like a human and breathe in between. Um, so what if you just made it joyful and light and enjoyed it? Um, especially because if you're a graphic designer, my God, you have an advantage over the rest of us trying to make pretty things. And if your pretty things as a graphic designer are not pretty enough, then what hope do the rest of us have? <laughs> so just enjoy the skills that you do have and maybe skip, skip the HD camera crew because spoiler alert, nobody looks good at HD. Nobody needs to see my pores on a 94 inch screen. It's not a thing that needs to happen. They're not that good. Like we keep it small on purpose. A reminder that online life is not the only life. My stated goal for the coming years is to spend less of my time online than ever before. So remember that, please, when you're like online, blah, 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 blah. like, no, three-dimensional life happens offline and it's fantastic to spend time there. Um, authentic expression is more valuable than merely pretty expression. So like empty, vacuous, and pretty, or like authentic and real. I will take authentic and real every time. It can be fucking hideous. I do not care. I'm not in it for pretty. I'm in it for like, what do you know? What can you teach me? Do you have more light than I do? Tell me how you got that light. That's a Liz Gilbert, that she just walks up to people and says like, hello, you have more light than I do. How did you get that light? And then she just like, and then expects them to talk and tell her. <laughs> and she does it to people, just strangers. Um, that's so much better than Liz Gilbert coming up and giving you like a packet a beautiful information with like a 14 page questionnaire that you fill out and then you get onboarded into her system where you can learn more about Liz Gilbert. Like, it's not that, it's not that. It's just sitting with someone and asking questions that are real sometimes. Um, and finally, when it comes to very pretty garbage, I cannot make myself give money to Mark Zuckerberg for ad campaigns I have never and will never have a Facebook or Instagram campaign um, that will cost money because I can't reconcile the fact that I'm giving money to Mark Zuckerberg. Like name the top five people I wish to eliminate most from the earth and he's number two. So I cannot give him money. Um, and if you're in that same predicament, I've talked with friends about this, like they've been like, I just can't do it. Can you do it? And if the answer is yes, there's sort of a divide because I find the people that are like, no, I don't want to give money to a billionaire nightmare. Um, it's okay. That's where I am too. So the very pretty garbage are also, remember when you're seeing ads on Instagram for very pretty garbage, those are people that are willing to give money to Mark Zuckerberg. Those are maybe not your people, or maybe you don't have to give them any attention. That's all. So what if you just gave less attention to the very pretty garbage so that you could make your work in the world? Also, I just delete Instagram because I notice um, lots of times we talk about Instagram. Do you guys want to talk about Instagram and how much it sucks? <laughs> I've noticed that when I delete it and then come back, um, I delete it, I get to a good place. When I come back, 
within 48 hours, my brain is different. I'm fighting with people in my head about posts that I've seen. I'm fighting with people about ads that they've made for very pretty garbage. That's the most upsetting to me. Um, I am upset by all the people yelling about how I'm not talking enough because I'm like, I'm just not talking right now on social media. Um, I'm upset by all the people that I'm following that are doing like really, really great activism work. But if you follow a hundred of them at a time, it becomes like despair. It just becomes like, I don't, I don't have enough empathy to be able to help 100 indigenous activists do every single thing that they are asking me to do or to contribute to. Um, and it becomes like, why even bother? So I get really overwhelmed. My head gets very chatty and not in a good way. I find that my creativity is stymied big time. I find myself comparing myself to other people more. And I generally feel like all of my con content is just not pretty enough. Um, so nothing good comes with Instagram, basically. <laughs> um, so if you want to delete it, fantastic. If, and you can delete it for like 24 hours, 48 hours, doesn't have to be forever. Um, but if you, if you are like, how does everyone else do this social media thing and I seem to suck at it? It's because it, it's really difficult to do well. I know very few people who have healthy relationships with social media. It tends to be like an all-consuming, oh, it takes hours of your day. Um, and so it's, and I'm, I'm just talking now. Any comments, any, anything to say there? Any questions? Any? We've got nothing, nobody's talking. All right, so um, helpful to remember two things. The first is um, you are not a machine. <laughs> Just to remind you, you're not a machine. You are one human doing one lifetime of work. The sooner you put down the vast and unreasonable expectations you have for yourself and for your power to make change, the better. Um, so, so much of life in the modern world is tilted toward being a machine, feeding the machine, talking to the machine, providing content for the machine, um, and you are not a machine. So just a reminder, you're a human, you're breathing, that's good shit, you're not a machine. Because it can feel like that's the expectation. No days off, no time off, no downtime, no space, no silence, no stillness, just chatter, 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 more, 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 until the end of time perhaps. <laughs> There's no end to it. Um, it feels, so we have about 10 minutes left. If you have any questions that you personally would like me to answer because we are here live, please ask in the chat box or unmute yourself. And while you think of those questions, um, I'm going to read a poem because A, it's vulnerable and B, it made me laugh. So yesterday, gave myself a writing assignment to write a poem, right? Um, the prompt was write a prayer, it was like fantastic. And the first line um, is, please help me hate living less, <laughs> which made me laugh. So please help me hate living less. I can see what I've got and it's a warm home and best friends and a loving partner and clean food and another day on this planet. But sometimes all I can see is what we've lost, what is eroding, what is gone forever. Sometimes all I can feel is my own heart gasping like a fish out of water, writhing and struggling to survive in these dark days. Sometimes all I can see is the hatred that shaped this country's policies from the start. 
plate so crucial to the foundation that some consider it an, an essential ingredient like flour or salt or gums. Sometimes I catch my breath and hold very still. My lungs protest the act of keeping me alive when I hear about the latest attacks. In America, there are always the latest attacks to consider. I guess I'm saying, please help me see the good. Help me raise up every gorgeous thing I find. Like that toddler I saw shouting, wow, water, wow, water, wow, water, over and over at the fountain until his grandmother took the time to be properly impressed. So that, that's, that's where we are at this moment in time. We've got poems, we've got things to think about. We've got re-entry into the world of post-pandemic goodness. And um, it's, it's, it's hard right now. So thank you for being here. Thank you for playing with me. Does anybody have any questions, comments, things to talk about, things that perhaps are interesting at this very moment in time? You can hit me up in the chat box. Um, otherwise, I just have two things to share in terms of what I do. I promised it wouldn't be a webinar. You don't have to hold on to your credit card. So just a reminder, um, coaching spots are full, but if you have a business, kristenkelkcom slash tap to join the waitlist. And if you would like to work with me in the breathwork capacity, um, then we have monthly breathwork at bit.ly slash together dash breathwork. So together breathwork, which lots of you are in, um, is we breathe together once a month and then there's, an act, there's a magical place of the uh, library of breathworks. Um, so I believe there are eight of them now and there's also a secret podcast over there. So obviously you dig the podcast, the secret podcast is through um, together breathwork. And I feel like there's one more question somewhere here that's important to answer. So I'm going to go looking for the questions that people sent in. And hold on, hold on. We're going to improv it up here. Scrolling to find the questions. Stay with me. There we go. Uh, okay, quote. I have a topic you could chat about on the podcast sometimes, and that's self-doubt. Mindfuckery at its finest. I struggle with this all the time and I know it holds me back in all kinds of ways. I keep thinking the cure is in the next self-help book I read. Um, it sends me into real paralysis. I wonder if self-doubt and lack of confidence are the same thing. Anyways, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Self-doubt and lack of confidence. Ooh, here we go. Self-doubt I think is just part of being alive. And um, the more that you can accept that like your brain is just going to kick up doubt at regular intervals, fantastic. Then it's just going to kick up doubt at regular intervals. It doesn't have to mean that you're wrong, you're bad, you're doing it wrong, or you should give up. And the same is true of um, self-confidence. The people that I know that are like absolutely confident no matter what happens are generally not people that I want to be around um, because absolutely confident no matter what happens tends to lack humility and tends to lack like, oh, this could all go sideways. So there's a, there's a health about this that 
you can just embrace the fact that doubt's going to be part of it. And what are you committed to? So the places where you feel stuck or your brain is like, you have to give up or you can't do that or stop or please don't do that or this is unsafe. What are you committed to? So in real life terms, um, I'll give you real life terms for self-doubt. Oh, the obvious one, self-doubt. I really, really don't want a seven-figure scalable business. Like I really, really don't. I don't even like scalable. It's not even interesting to me. I like to work with people one-on-one. -on -one. And when I don't work with people one-on-one, -on -one, my heart gets sad, like deeply sad. Um, and yet everybody says I'm doing that wrong. Like that's an, that's an everybody because the point of making money is to make more money. And the point, if you're having one-on-one -on -one relationships, you've got to scale it. It's groups and then it's more expensive groups and then it's more expensive groups and then it's certification so that those people can have groups. And then it's the ultimate mastermind. And then it's the like ultimate, ultimate cis het white bro, Tony Robbins mastermind that costs the most. And that like, it just never stops with the levels that I'm supposed to be going up and through. And I hate all that shit. <laughs> I hate tripwires. I hate sales funnels. I hate aggressive marketing. I hate giving people no time to make decisions. I hate treating everybody as just another check in my money belt. I hate all that shit. And every message that comes at me marketing wise is I am doing it wrong. Like wrong, wrong. Because I'm not making a big, giant, scalable 27 employees, corporate headquarters kind of a business. And that's not what I fucking want. So sometimes self-doubt comes down to this is what I want. And the world is like, that's not what you want. I'm like, but it's definitely what I want. That's not what you want. So if there's any part of your personal vision that comes down to this is what I want. And the world is like, that is not what you want. Please go with you. Please go with your heart. Please go with your deepest instinct. Because my deepest instincts are to gather people in rooms and talk about life. And this is like the closest we can get at this moment, right? Uh, my deepest instincts are not to address seven to 10,000 people at a time in Zoom. My deepest instincts are not to hold a Facebook community that has 4,500 people in it. That's not a fucking community. It's a clusterfuck. There's no such thing as community with 4,500 people in a Facebook group. It does not exist. It just doesn't. There's no way to make everyone feel safe when you have 4,500 unseen people in a, in a group. It doesn't, it doesn't work. So my work is about bringing safety and security to very small relationships, very, very tight, tight, tight business-wise. Um, and that, those are the places where I'm the most vulnerable because for sure, for sure, people have opinions about that and they will share them with me. They will tell me what I'm doing wrong and they will actively be like, well, why don't you have a certification program so people can become like a Kristen Kelp certified coach and then you have the coaches and the I'm like, just everybody wants me to make a hierarchy, right? So the places where you feel self-doubt are not an issue as much as the places where you don't doubt yourself, but you let the world change you. Those are the places that are the most dangerous. You're like, I definitely want A, 
and the world is like, give me some B. Like, I definitely, 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 definitely want A. And the world's like, but you probably want B because it has more money. Um, those are the places that I find the most dangerous is when I have the knowing and then I doubt it for some external reason. And those are the places where I would say we're all the most susceptible is because we have these little tender places that are like, I really want to do this thing. And it often feels delicate to say, I want to do this thing. It, it, it comes small and it's vital to our soul, but we're scared to say it out loud. When you find those places that are small and scary and vulnerable, and you just want to protect that idea or concept or knowing, number one, please guard it. And number two, please give the finger to every person that says that's not enough, it's not big enough, or it should definitely make you more money or it's not worth doing. That's the place where to push back against and to really be true to your own soul and your own being. And Joe, I know you're gonna to listen to this. So Joe, you're doing it exactly right. You're following the A, not the B. And I do not think you need to have a seven figure business. Specifically, Joe, who asked the question, it ain't it for you. <laughs> um, so there we go. Jackie said, it's a right size business. It's not as big as it can get. It's totally with you there. Yes, yes. Um, it's the same reason that I didn't want to be a, um, I didn't want to be an administrator when I was a teacher. I wanted to be a teacher because administrators make more money, but teachers get to play with the kids. Why would I give up playing the kids to have to talk to adults? Yuck, right? <laughs> so not all of us want to climb the ladders. Not all of us think the ladders are awesome. I fucking hate the ladders, right? Um, cool. So Emily says, I'm realizing how much I miss sitting in the same room as a small group of people striving to grow and learn and understand something. Maybe this isn't a question, but yes, I do too. I've the thing I've cried the most about during pandemic, aside from fucking all things political, let's just take that and put it aside, right? Um, is just missing the feeling of being in the same room, breathing the same air and growing together. It's like, it's my favorite thing in the world. So thank you for showing up to be able to do that with me in this capacity. Jackie says, are you a projector in human design by chance with a wink, which I assume is meaningful, but I do not know. I've never done the human design thing. You're like the 84th person to ask me so I can take the human design test and answer you definitively. It's like, it's on there. Ta-da, take the human design test. So I can, I can get back to you. I'm like, Jackie, I can get back to you. <laughs> Emily, I hate coaches who just coach you to be a coach. Pyramid scheme. Yeah, I feel like if we could just better teach people to identify multi-level marketing, it would be so much better for everyone in the world. To be like, that's an MLM, but let's not do that. Um, and then right side business, awesome. And then Kelsey said, my biggest real realization recently was that I no longer define success by the hustle or the ladder. Yes! Yeah, like success can be totally be an internal thing. Like I have enough money, I have enough time, I have enough energy, excuse me. Um, that's kind of the place that I try and go is the true wealth where you have enough time, enough money, enough energy. Um, I personally found over the years that if you take up too much of my time, I don't care how much money I get in return. Time is my ultimate currency. So yeah, just, just being able to go out and be like, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want for 45 minutes and nobody tells me what to do is like my favorite thing. Um, and if I have a hundred thousand dollars to spend or 10 cents to spend, it doesn't matter because it's my time. Um, yeah, that's sort of my, my favorite too. So yay, 
Um, we are over by two minutes and I promised that we would be done. So I'm gonna read you a poem and we can hang out together if you have any questions, but I do wanna honor the space for anybody that was like, it's an hour. Um, so the closing, for whatever reason, I picked this poem as the closing. It's probably for someone, I don't know who. Um, it's simplicity as a form of power. Yes, you could be selling three or 30 or 300 more products than you currently got on the market. Yes, you could be adding services to your current lineup right this second. Your blog could have 83 more plugins and 72 more ways to entice people to look at you. Your outfits, your images, your products could always have more layers, more stuff piled onto them. Simplicity is a form of power. The curation of 30 images from a lifetime's work at a museum exhibit. A single necklace paired with the perfect summer dress. One offer. One, simplicity is a form of power. You don't have to have Pinterest boards dedicated to those DIY projects you feel guilty about collecting but not making. You don't have to participate in any forms of social media that don't feel fun. You don't have to convince your people of anything, but you do have to show them why you matter. Simplicity is a form of power. State your truth, curate what you offer, stand for something. Simplicity is a form of power. Yay, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. This was magnificent. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And uh, I'm gonna hang out for about five more minutes if you have any questions, please unmute yourself. But otherwise, yay, thank you. This was the first live That's What She Said podcast. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now and we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.